what's going on everybody? It's your buddy, it's your pal, it's Mass Phoenix, the YWC Reality Check, here with your November 10th, 2021 AEW Dynamite Review, and it is the go-home show for full gear. Now, that being said, I got a quick request for you guys. Now, timing is not always on my side. Um, work has been doing things, schedule's been super busy, you guys might have noticed the videos are a little bit lighter than usual, haven't done Rampage in the past, uh, I think, three weeks now, um, nothing's wrong, nothing's happening, I'm not going anywhere, the channel's not going anywhere, but some things are falling by the wayside and some things can't be scheduled properly, now, I will be giving you guys a full gear preview, I don't know whether it's going to be just me, hopefully it's going to be myself and Guapo, but we are not going to be able to get down and record that, whether it's myself or whether it's Guapo uh, and myself, until Friday night, which means it's not going to go out until Saturday morning. And Saturday morning is when the pay-per-view happens, because it's not the typical WWE Sunday schedule. Um, like Survivor Series is going to be, like War Games is going to be, and yes, that's something we're going to talk about at another time. I will ask you guys, and I don't usually come and, and ask you guys for, for favors like this. When I get this out, because I promise you I will get this out some point Friday night, Saturday morning. If you like what I do, if you um, see it fall in your subscription box, it's only going to have about 18 hours or so to get seen. Please, if you... If you get the need, if you feel the urge, if you want to help me out a little bit, please give it a share, please give it a retweet, please give it a uh, like and a pass it along to a friend type thing, because um, it's not going to have that typical, like, usually I would sit down with the guys on a Thursday, I would record it, I would get it out Friday morning, and it might not even be for a pay-per-view until Sunday. This isn't going to have that kind of window. There's a lot of stuff to talk about in this show, and I'm sure whether it's just me, if putting myself over, uh, or more likely myself and Guapo, which will be better. Let's be real, I'm better with a co-host. Uh, I need somebody to lean on, make me look good. That's why I got Guapo, that's why I got Jake, that's why I got Kristen. It is what it is. Uh, dealing with the short window that we're going to have and the short opportunity that people are going to have to see it, uh, I would really, really, really appreciate it if you guys would... Uh, would give that a share when it goes out Friday night slash probably early Saturday morning. Um, anyways, because we are going to be doing an actual preview, um, as I say, either myself or or uh, with a co-host, I'm not going to talk about full gear a lot tonight. I'm going to stay focused on on the show tonight, even though it is the go home for full gear. So that might be counterintuitive as we get along, but let's uh, let's talk about it. AEW has a loaded show to look forward to on uh, on Saturday with Full Gear. Uh, I, I mean, it's not quite All In. All In had the drop of Punk's first match, Adam Cole's arrival, Brian Danielson's arrival. It's not going to be that. It's going to be great. And uh, there's a couple matches on there that I'm going to have real, real popular opinions on, I promise. Um, but yeah... One of those matches is going to be Brian versus Miro. So to remind us of that, we've got uh, Brian Danielson versus Rocky Romero uh, to open off the show tonight to get that first big 20-minute uh, match spot on Dynamite. A uh, couple different things going on here. I don't know much about Rocky Romero. I think he showed up and did a guest spot 
on the uh, on the on the last Impact pay-per-view in the Call Your Shot Battle Royal. Uh, I believe he was on uh, AEW Dark or Dark Elevation sometime in the past couple of months. I don't know. I don't watch it. I don't think a wrestling company should give you homework. It is what it is. But he comes out with the best friends, and the commentators really really put a shift in trying to tell you all the different stories here. They try to tell you the history between Brian and Rocky Romero, which is great. They have a history in New Japan and in the dojos and all that sort of thing. I won't pretend that I know because I don't, but also he's part of a faction called Chaos in New Japan, and he's invited all the all the best friends to join that that stable. And uh, so he's got these people in his corner, etc., etc. Uh, sometime throughout the course of the match, Brian and Orange Cassidy have a stare down. Obviously, that's a match people want to see later on down the line. It was a great showing for Romero. And I want to say, uh, for a second, when I say a match is a great showing for somebody, I don't mean that to sound as condescending as it does. I just mean that it's somebody that I'm not particularly familiar with. So this was a great showcase for them, for me, being the first or second time that I've seen them. Uh, the match exists so that the commentators can talk about Miro versus Brian. Um, we don't linger too much on the fact that Miro's there because Moxley's not there. Obviously, we wish Moxley the best in his recovery, etc. Also, on the outside, there's a totally separate story going on because Matt Hardy's in the crowd, so he's fucking with Orange Cassidy. Um, the match itself is a lot of gr I mean, it's Daniel Bryan, for one thing, but also Rocky Romero. Great, great match for uh, a lot of striking, but even more so counter submission and submission wrestling. Single leg crab with a locked arm for Daniel Bryan gets the win, and I thought there was going to be a further stare down with Orange Cassidy, but there wasn't. I'm sure we'll get that match later on down the line. Now, Tony Schiavone comes out, says he's going to interview the Inner Circle, they make their entrance, they stop on the rampway for a little too long, it sort of telegraphs what's going to happen. They get jumped by the Men of the Year and American Top Team, and they get the shit kicked out of them. They t I think they took Sammy Guevara's belt at one point, but Dan Lambert, who's not a wrestler, who's not a an active MMA guy, that's why it's so funny and kooky that he's in the match, does a really shitty powerbomb on Jericho through a table, and I think then they put him in the walls of Jericho afterwards, and they promise that not only are they going to beat the inner circle at the pay-per-view, that Dan Lambert is going to pin Jericho to get that win. Folks, I'm not going to waste any more breath on this, other than when we talk about it on the actual pre-show. I will be so fucking glad when this story, the Dan Lambert stuff, the American Top Team stuff, has got to go. It's a leech. And I'm not saying that to shit on AEW. I'm saying that because I'm looking at AEW right now. Look me. Died in the wool uh, WWE NXT fan like for life. A lot of stuff to be sad about over there right now. AEW's doing some good shit. But this right here ain't it. Inner Circle, awesome. Men of the Year, awesome. All seven of those people. All of the Inner Circle plus Men of the Year all need to be doing better things. Sammy Guevara needs to be focused on being the new TNT champion. This is all, this is all fucking terrible. You know what's not terrible though? The uh, the women's division is stepping up a little bit. Britt Baker, Rebel, uh, don't call her Reba, Reba don't call her Rebel, and Jamie Hayter taking on Tanera Conte, Anna Jay, and Thunder Rosa. A lot of storytelling going on here as well. Obviously Baker's taking on Tay Conte at the pay-per-view. Thunder Rosa is taking on Jamie Hayter uh, in the next round of the TBS tournament. And Rebel Don't Call a Reba, Reba Don't Call a Rebel, and Anna Jay are sort of left twisting in the wind, but it's okay. Um, they have a nice six-person brawl to start. I will say, uh, TJ have a new entrance. It's sort of like really, really hyper 
Iconics type of imagery. Uh, the two of them have a new entrance. All three of them, uh, Thunder Rosa included, all came out in matching gear, which if it's going to be a trios match, then the teams should look like a team. It's all good. Um, it's just, it's typical three-on-three -three women's match. Got a lot more time than I thought it was going to get. And uh, like I say, not that Rebel is doing anything particularly because her and Jamie Hayter are just the backup for for Britt Baker, but a lot of women in this match that I like, and everybody sort of got their shit in. I hate I, I hate to say say that as cliche as it sounds. Modified DDT on Rebel by Tanera Conte get the win, and uh, a little bit of storytelling when she does lock in for that DDT. Britt Baker sort of leaves her twisting in the wind. So yeah, she sacrificed one of her cronies to save herself and save herself for Saturday, which makes all kinds of sense. I don't know, somebody can tell me down in the box below if it was specified, when the Thunder Rosa, Jamie Hayter, uh, TBS tournament match is happening. Is that happening the following week on Dynamite? Is it happening down the line? Etc, etc, etc. Jungle Boy takes on Anthony Bowens. And I hate to say this once again, for AEW purposes, it was a very good match. Uh, for, for, not for the only time tonight, you've got a single star. I mean, Jungle Boy is a part of a tag team as well, but I mean, he does single stuff and tag stuff versus more or less a tag team star in Anthony Bowens. Now, the only time uh, Max Caster was a single star out of this tag team was when Anthony Bowens was unavailable. So it's, it's kind of different. Acclaimed are very, very entertaining. A little bit of uh, uh, attempted interference by Caster throughout the match. Jungle Boy is a pillar, though. This is the thing. Acclaimed are a great act. They're two great athletes. Max Caster is the more entertaining of the two, but they are more defined as as tag team wrestlers, whereas Jungle Boy has has split it. He's he's uh, he's like the members of Lucha Brothers because Ray Phoenix can have Ray Phoenix matches, um, Penta can have Penta matches, or Lucha Brothers can have Lucha Brothers matches. The um, the Jurassic Express are very much the same way. Jungle Boy specifically, um, so it it is a little bit of a, di a dichotomy between the two different roles. But also, yes, acclaimed is entertaining, but Jungle Boy is one of the pillars, and as they talk about later on in the evening, the four pillars of AEW are, are definitely becoming a canon thing. Now, I keep I keep going back to the uh, the old days of NXT, back when NXT was not a fireworks and rainbows show, and I talked about the, uh, what I, what I said the four pillars or the four, uh, the four posts of a uh, NXT were, and they were Gargano, Ciampa, Balor, and Adam Cole, Bay Bay, who's now in AEW, so we're kind of fucked on that one, aren't we? Um, he gets the win with the snare trap, not, not very surprising, it's him that's getting the push going forward, and also they have the trios match to look forward to on Saturday with himself, uh, Luchasaurus, uh, Christian Cage taking on the Super Click, which is great. Uh, we see a video package on Omega versus Page, and then Fish gets introduced to the Super Click in, oh, sorry, I fucked up something there. There's a snare trap win by Jungle Boy, post-match assault out of seemingly nowhere by Bobby Fish on, 
on Jungle Boy until Luchasaurus and Christian Cage make the save. We then cut to a video package for, uh, for Omega versus Page and ad advertise that the main event tonight is going to be a contract signing for that title match. Now, if that happened on Raw or SmackDown or NXT or Impact, that would be a cliche thing. Oh my God, they're doing that again, but it's AEW, so I guess it's okay. And then in the back, Adam Cole introduces to the rest of the super click his good friend, Bobby Fish. And of course, the Bucks have to get the line in. There's no dispute here. This is the era of the super click. And then they toss around the idea of Fish taking on Jungle Boy on Rampage this Friday, which eventually does get confirmed, and that will be awesome. We replay the uh, promo from last week's Rampage that I didn't review, but I did see it, and it is good for what it is. Punk versus Kingston at Full Gear is going to be awesome. It's one of the matches I'm looking most forward to on that entire card. If I'm completely, I'm way more into this than I am into Omega and Page. I hate to break a lot of hearts out there. There is one massive flaw with this match coming up on Saturday. As much as it's going to be good, as much as I love Kingston, as much as I'm a mark for Punk, as much as the match is going to be awesome, as much as it's going to be a sleeper highlight of the pay-per-view, there's one big massive problem with this match and how it all came together and I'm going to get to that on the preview. That's what we call a hook. Wheeler Yuta takes on Wardlow and dies. I don't know what you want me to tell you. He powerbombed him from pillar to post and then hit him with some other big drop thing for the win. And the Hardy family office attacked the best friends after the match, and I don't care because the thing between Orange Cassidy and Matt Hardy must continue. Uh, they go to the back, to the parking lot, where Punk and Kingston are having a pull-apart brawl in the parking lot, and you see uh, Ruby Soho's back there, Dustin Rose is back there. Uh, it goes on for a bit. It's, it's sort of awkwardly long. It's also the only time you see either of these guys on the show, so... I don't know. For all I know, they could have taped that last week, and these guys could have taken the night off. As I say, it's going to be good on the night. Uh, they're both great on the mic. They were great on the mic last week on Rampage, so I'm going to leave that hook there. This match is going to be awesome. There's one massive flaw with it, and we will get to it when we get to it. Leo Rush and that other guy who's boring that I don't really like to talk about, taking on Matt Seidel and Lee Moriarty. This was a very fun, high-flying, typical AEW. Look at how fucking athletic we all are. Match. Obviously, the match was the best when Leo Rush and Matt Seidel were in there because that's the rivalry we should be building to. And with a gigantic assist from Leo Rush, that other boring guy that I don't like to talk about hits a weird splash thing, and they get the win. Leo Rush out there looking like a goddamn Power Ranger and was still the highlight of the match. So big tip of the cap for him. We see a video package on Miro versus Brian Danielson. They're doing their very best to uh, make this a thing in the absence of uh, John Moxley. I gotta reiterate once again. Um, happy that he's going to get the help that he needs. Can't wait till he gets back and starts doing what he loves again. No rush. Get yourself right and uh, get back so we can all enjoy you again and you can enjoy yourself and be with your family and your kid and all those funny things. I will say um... The promo ended with Miro in the back talking about how it's how it's not personal and I have to show my god who's boss, something like that. I have to make you unable to go back to your wife so that I can go back to mine. They gotta sign Lana at some point, don't they? When I... oh, I don't know what to say about this. Because Miro is gonna have to go after a super, super babyface champion. And... and 
Hangman Page fits that bill, but I don't think Miro is going to be actually in the world title picture anytime soon. But I do think, whether it's now, whether it's a year from now, whether it's whenever, Miro is going to be the world champion eventually. And I think when the night he picks up that title is the night that uh, Lana, CJ Perry, whatever you want to call her, comes out to celebrate him. And he's like, now, you know, now I have the title, now I've proven it to my God, now I can go bang my hot fucking wife. It would be a nice little, you know, little LTST. Uh, Dax, Har Dax Harwood versus Pac was a surprise. Like, I don't say surprising because either one of these guys are bad, but I did not expect this match to stick out on the show as one of the highlights of the show. As much as it did, they did a lot. Uh, as as I said in the um, Brian versus Rocky match at the beginning of the show, they tried to tell a lot of different stories at once, which has always the potential of not working, but here's here's the thing. Uh, we got the second tag guy versus singles guy match of the night. Uh, it gives them, a ch because of Pac's association with the Lucha Brothers, it gives the commentators a chance to talk about FTR versus the Lucha Brothers coming up on Saturday. Um, it's just the basic story of there's two tough dudes that can brawl, that can lock themselves up. Uh, that can grapple, that can chop the ever-loving shit out of each other. At one point, there is an insane top-rope brainbuster by Pac, followed later on in the match by a slingshot Batista bomb by Dax Hardwood, which is always good. Pac gets the win with the Rings of Saturn. Looks like a beast doing it. Uh, everybody else was banned. The Lucha Brothers and the other members of the Pinnacle were banned from the uh, ringside area for this match. But Cash Wheeler, as soon as the one two three goes down, hits him with a post-match assault, and then the lights go out. And here's where, here's where, you know, I get that wrestling has to have interlocking stories. Characters can have more than one thing going on in their life at once. It's not just I'm fighting you, and that's the only thing going on in my entire existence. I get that. That's a big problem WWE has. Everybody does one thing, and that's all they're doing at the moment. AEW tends to swing the other way. There's multi-layer stories and whatever, but this. This was a lot, because you've already got a two-on-one attack on pack by both members of FTR and Tully Blanchard's out there uh, as well. So it's two and a half on one, I guess, if you want to include the old man. Lights go out, lights come back on. Who's there with the members of the Pinnacle? It's Malachi Black and Andrade, which brings out the Lucha Brothers and Cody Yay! The Michael Sidgwick's of the world can masturbate. These guys are all have a decent brawl. And I will say, once again, if you want to give me FTR, Andrade, and Malachi Black, or, you know, call it Team NXT, because that's what it is, versus former NXT champion Pac, the Lucha Brothers, and I'll even deal with Cody Rhodes. If you want to give me that in some sort of either 4-on-4 four four match, 4-on-4 four four elimination match, if you want to make that the next Blood and Guts match, that's an interesting collection of people. But you really forced that puzzle piece in at the end of this segment. It's good. It could be better. That's it's There's, there's going to be a lot of that in the preview for Full Gear as well, because they announced uh, later on in the show that added to the Full Gear card was the makeshift team of Andrade and Malachi Black taking on the makeshift team of... Cody Rhodes and Neville, or not Neville, uh, Pack. I was gonna make the joke there and I fucked it up. But uh, wasn't wasn't there a thing? Didn't they do the thing with the guy from Arrow when it was Cody and when he was Stardust? Oh, when he was Stardust, that's what it was. Remember the Wasteland? Remember the remember the Cosmic Wasteland? Remember that was an actual thing. We get a rundown on what's going on on Friday. We got the um, 
Countdown to Full Gear, but also we will indeed have Jungle Boy versus Bobby Fish. We will have Orange Cassidy and Matt Hardy. Please shoot me in the face in a Lumberjack match. I, I, I hate saying that, and, and I've said this, and I'm going to keep saying it. I'm a mark for the Hardys. I will always be a mark for the Hardys. I will be a mark for them as a tag team. I'm a mark for Jeff Hardy individually, uh, just because of how different the guy is. I am a mark for Matt Hardy and his creative mind. I do not care about Matt Hardy in AEW. I just don't. And Orange Cassidy, much like all the members of the Inner Circle, much like the Men of the Year, much like a couple of other people on this card, I don't say this with any disrespect to him. He should be doing something better. He should be doing something better. We see a video package on MJF and Darby Allen. It's really good. Another... Um, Another match, and I hate to keep using this as the measuring stick, another match that I'm looking more forward to than Omega vs. Page. Not to say that Omega vs. Page is even going to be bad. I, I, I have every confidence in the world that the world title match that we're getting this Saturday at the pay-per-view will be world title match pay-per-view worthy. I just think there's a whole lot on this show that's going to be better. I think the trios match with the Super Click and uh, Jungle Express, etc., is going to be a dark horse. I think this is going to be a dark horse. I think Punk versus Kingston, even though there's that one massive flaw in the whole thing that I'm going to talk about on the preview, is going to be better than the title match. So let's talk about the title match. Let's talk about Omega versus Page doing the contract signing that would be slated and raked over the coals if it was any other company, but it's okay because it's AEW. Um, Cowboy comes out and basically says, like, look at all this, man, like, there, like there's not much else to say. And of course there's not much else to say, because they've drugged this shit out for ages. Oh yes, AEW and their fans have misplaced a lo good long-term storytelling with a story that has just gone on a long time. Oh yes. They they trade some barbs back and forth. Kenny, uh, Kenny eggs them on. Paige signs the document, passes it over to Omega, and then there's a cameraman in there, conveniently placed, and it's Don Callis with a comedy mustache and a mask, and he just, he hits Paige with the camera, and they do the whole Hulk Hogan, Undertaker, I'm gonna sign the contract in your blood thing. And, I'm sorry, I know there's a lot of <clears throat> Sidgwicks out there that probably jerked off over this segment. This segment was cheesy as fuck. And this was the last thing, okay, I know... I know, we got Rampage to go, and we got the countdown, and we got all the all the super elite stuff on YouTube that we can watch between now and then, but this is their flagship show. This was the last thing we saw to sell the pay-per-view. The pay-per-view, already, in my mind, from about a week ago, is going to be fantastic. This, this week on Dynamite, although there was some enjoyable stuff on it, this week didn't need to happen. We were ready, especially coming off of last week's Rampage, last Friday. We were ready for the pay-per-view last week. And that's, that's a problem that I've noticed specifically with AEW. Now, I will say, to be fair, WWE has done that as well. NXT has done that as well. Uh, Impact, not so much, but that's because their show is structured, I think, so much differently. You, you get this... Uh, I gotta wait a little bit longer feeling when you're when you get people ready for the show a week before the show actually happens it's it's hard and then you get this show which was full of a bunch of matches that were just let's throw in one person that's in a match so that we can talk about that match and there's a lot of good action happening there's a lot of good physicality in the ring and I'm sure the people that were there live loved it but it's as good as it is it's also filler because you should have done last week's dynamite 
tonight. You should have done last week's Rampage in two days from now. And I think you can't always help that. And I don't want to shit on AEW too much for that, even though it sounds like I am, because it seems to be something that's happened with them quite a few times. But all that aside, your flagship show is Dynamite. This was the last segment of the night. This is what you chose to close the show with. And this was cheesy as fuck. Page is great. Omega's great. The match on Saturday is going to be great. This did not add anything to it. I'm sure there will be performative AEW fans out there that will disagree with me. But, uh... I guess it's your right to be wrong. <laughs> um, as I say, you will have a preview coming either from me or from me or Guapo in the next day or two. I don't know what you're getting from me after that. There are some topical vids uh, in the can, in the works... Uh, with people that will hopefully be able to sit down and record with me at some point. This is probably the quickest Dynamite review I've done, because I haven't had much to say about the show, guys. I'm just, I'm just being honest. I do like AEW. I do think AEW, as much as, oh, Spaz is big, paid WWE shill, paid NXT shill, trust me. There's a reason I don't talk about WWE very much. I, I even stopped talking about NXT other than Halloween Havoc. There's a lot of good shit going on in AEW right now. But when they do a show like this, that feels like it's filler, that just feels like it's a two-hour ad for the pay-per-view, I gotta call it out. And if there's nothing to say, I'm not going to fabricate something else to say. Hopefully that won't be true the next time I talk to you. I'm running out of steam. I'm very tired. I don't have anything else to say. This is a really downtrodden way to end the uh, the episode. But I've been Spaz, your YWC Reality Check. Subscribe up there, talk down there, start a conversation. Keep all these conversations going. Don't be a stranger. I will talk to you in every last one of you later. But for right now, I am tagging out. Bye.